When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm not good at identifying birds and animals. You know, like sneakers I can identify, Converse, Adidas, I know all that stuff. I know sneakers. Birds, I don't know from them. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, that was the line. And I'm Bob Sinensky. And uh, if I know I'm getting sent to the doghouse, I may as well grab some food off the kitchen table. Welcome back to Pretty, 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 Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 5, Episode 6, The Smoking Jacket, which originally aired on November 6, 2005. Uh, I was telling you before we started recording, this is the first episode we've seen yet on this rewatch, about which I remember absolutely nothing like as i was watching this episode i had no clue what was happening next i felt like i was watching it for the very first time which is a different experience than the previous uh 45 episodes that we've done um yeah i had a pretty similar experience um i i I guess i like vaguely remembered hugh hefner being in an episode um but i didn't really remember the the storyline or anything with the jackets um but yeah i guess uh i guess we'll we'll get into whether uh maybe we we repressed it due to its uh, badness or due to its uh, amazingness. Yeah. Well, uh, let's jump in and discuss that. Yeah. So we're uh, home with uh, Larry and Cheryl and Jeff, and it's Larry's birthday. A very and... sad two-person birthday party situation. Yeah. And, you know, they're uh, giving him the cake and blowing out the candles, and Jeff wants to know, Larry, what did you wish for before you blew out the candles? But Larry's like, ah, I'm not telling you that. That's personal. And Jeff's like, ah, I think I know what you're rooting for, uh, what you wished for, uh, what you voted for, as some <laughs> kids might say. Mm-hmm. Um, your your wish was that Lewis Lewis will die, so that way he'll be able to give the kidney, and then you won't have to give it. And Larry like kind of gives this like guilty caught look, but like he denies it. He's outraged. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but like when Cheryl's brought into like uh, referee this dispute, she kind of agrees. Like that sounds probably right. What Larry was uh, wishing for. Yeah. Well, she gives like a non response to Larry. Um, but but I, I really love her response. It's sort of a yeah, she gives away the game by uh, yeah. she just sort of gives him a look. And I, I really love Cheryl in this whole scene. She's very funny. She's also looking very attractive, I have to say. Uh, yeah. Um, so I don't Jeff have to say, like, but I choose to say. Yeah, uh, we may as well say. Um, <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff's like, oh, I got you a gift. 
And for some reason, they argue over who should open the gift. Obviously, Larry should open the gift yeah. because it's his, <laughs> that's how presents work. <laughs> um, I don't know why this is even a thing. Um, and what did Jeff get him? It's a green sports jacket that is similar to the one that Jeff owns and that Larry had previously uh, admired and complimented. So Yeah, and it's very uh, weird, um, especially because it ends up coming up in the episode. But even at this point in the episode, remembering nothing, my first reaction is, doesn't that look like the green jacket you got for winning the Masters? And I know nothing about golf, so I'm surprised Larry and Jeff don't like make any reference of this at any part of the episode. Until yeah, the it's yeah, that's like it's like a big problem with the episode that it's not yeah. even mentioned until later. Like when it comes up later, like Larry's like seems almost like oh, that's an interesting uh, tidbit of trivia that I did, that I wasn't aware of. Like I know this, and I, yeah, I agree. I'm not a golf uh, a golf fan at all. Yeah, um, I feel like anyone who's even like a casual sports fan knows that like when you win the Masters, you get a green jacket. Yeah. Except if you're in uh, in the movie Happy Gilmore, you get a gold jacket. Yeah, yeah, you get the other one. Um, so Larry's like uh, turns over to Cheryl and is like, "Hey, why no uh, no gift from you? Where's the love?" And she's like, "Well, um, I'm still working on something. You know, there's still some loose ends that I need to put together. But you know, once it's ready, it's going to be something that you're going to absolutely love." Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the doorbell rings, and who is it? Of course, it's cousin Andy because he always just seems to pop in. When he's uh, not expected, and Larry greets him, wants to know how his dad is doing. Uh, it turns out that his dad is uh, losing his memory and his hearing. He's really uh, going downhill. Uh, Jeff mentions, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know, I was invited to a party at the Playboy Mansion by Hef directly. And would you want to come with me? Andy jumps in and is like, I'd love to join. Of course, Larry, Andy always wants, you know, he's the, he's the uh, aspiring come with guy. Kamsa bar Kamsa situation yeah. also. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, Larry's uh, wants to tell Andy, you know, I want something I want to ask you. And for some reason, they, uh, they have this conversation as Andy goes in to use the toilet. And like to well, the, but even the weirder thing is that this whole Andy shows up and this whole conversation happens five feet away from where they were just having a conversation, including Cheryl. But Cheryl like doesn't come to say hi to Andy, and they talk about things they don't want her. So first of all, it's weird that Cheryl doesn't come say, come say hi. But then Jeff and Larry are so confident that she's not coming that they openly discuss the lie they're planning to tell her about him going to the Playboy Mansion. She's like ten feet away, right? right. But again, TV shows just, you know, conveniently people can hear or not hear things just uh, as the plot requires. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so um, Larry basically wants to know, you know, did my parents or your parents ever – do you ever hear anything about me being adopted? And Larry and Andy's like, no, I've never heard anything of the sort. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, although I, I feel like there's a little uh, protest too much going on here. But I guess mm. we'll see whether or not Andy uh, is so in on it. you think Andy's in on it? I don't know. Like he, he like seems like the way he responded sounded like, oh, maybe I know something here, but I'm I'm just gonna play dumb. Um, Larry is now like, is a oh. cousin's obligation here, much like we know from George that a doctor is supposed to say cancer, get the hell out of here. Is a cousin's obligation <laughs> to say adopt it, get the hell out of here, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, they yeah, teach you that mean, on the first day of cousin school. The first day of cousin school. They should yeah. have cousin school. Hmm. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so Larry tells him he he hired a PI, but Andy basically dismisses the whole thing, says he's nuts. Um, as he walks out, uh, Larry notices that Andy had taken a magazine into the bathroom with him. Of course, it is now flagged, and Larry uh, picks it up with a napkin. Can't even touch the magazine that's been in the bathroom with Andy, and tosses it straight into the garbage. Yeah, now it's very convenient. You know, we will later learn in season ten about. Uh that Andy doesn't, or it's not Andy, excuse me, but it's uh, another friend that doesn't even have a garbage in the kitchen. 
and that offends Larry very much. I guess Larry's a person who loves garbage so much he has one in the front hall of his house, which is a place people don't usually have garbage. In. <laughs> so yeah, he's got, he's got a garbage, garbage everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, yeah, this is straight out of this is straight out of Jerry Seinfeld, which you know usually Larry plays the the George Costanza role, but here he's Jerry. Um, he's Jerry and Andy is George, right? Yes. Because George takes the book into the, the Brentano's yes. book into the bathroom. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but, so, but he, he, Andy is the first of three Georges that we'll see in this episode. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of Georges. Um, everyone's taking You think I can rip off a Seinfeld plot? I'll rip it off three times. <laughs> That's right. Thrice. Um, yeah. so we head over to the hospital and Larry's visiting. that bridge thrice daily. That's right. The Do you know that reference? Daily. Of course, oh, okay. I know that reference. Oh, okay. Yeah, except it wasn't really thrice; it was twice. So I never, yeah. The yeah, I argue. Really yeah, it is, he's an averaging out because sometimes it's two and sometimes it's four. Although it's rarely four, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so um, Larry's uh, go ahead in the hospital. He's visiting Lewis. Lewis. Um, he wants to know from the doctor how's his condition, how's it looking. The doctor is like, "Well, it's not really looking very good, considering that he's in an irreversible coma and on life support." <laughs> Um, of course, we know from Seinfeld as well that all comas are reversible. There's really no such thing as an irreversible coma. Yeah. Um, but there's really no way to know how long he'll hang on. It could be days. It could be weeks. It could be months. There's even been some coma patients who have been known to hang on for years. Mm. Um, and Larry's Terry like, Shiloh. well, like if you had to like give like you know lean one direction, <laughs> give a little bit more of a more precise estimate, like you know what do you think in days, weeks, you know which do you think? Uh, but the doctor's like, no, I just told you, like I have no idea, like we don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Larry uh, moves on to more important things. He wants to know what happens to the uh, a mustachioed coma patients. What happens yes. to the mustache? Mm. And the doctor's like, well, actually, we you know we have uh, we have a barber on staff who goes around to all the uh, coma patients and grooms them from time to time to keep them uh, looking nice and orderly. Yeah, it's not a terrible question. Yeah, I, I mean, I doubt they actually have like a, a person whose job is just that. It's probably like something like nurses handle, right? Yeah, I don't think you have to be yes, only the barber. Because yeah, <laughs> right. probably have a special uh, coma patient barber. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching um, Hillbilly Elegy with Jen. Uh, did oh, you yeah? see that on Netflix? Um, I saw it. Yeah, very bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, pretty pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it five pretty five pretties out of five. Bad. Yeah. Uh, so the first like twenty minutes, I'm just nonstop criticizing like the inaccuracies of the description of. Of, of, of like the legal re- of the legal and, recruiting, yeah, yeah. When they're like they're like, oh, you're oh, you're yeah. in Yale, and it's yeah. like, oh, if you didn't make law review, like none of these firms will look at you. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, no, oh, you you're about. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. So nothing in that entire world makes any sense, and I'm nitpicking yeah. it, and Jen's getting annoyed with me. And then, like twenty minutes in the movie, they go to the hospital, and then uh, Jen starts complaining. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I'm like you are just criticizing me for the same thing. Let's just acknowledge this movie sucks, and they did not uh, consult with any experts. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was just it. like everything is just like so overwrought in that movie. Um, yeah. Like every character is like a caricature, and everything is like Listen, so cliche. There's nothing but... tougher than being a white cisgendered male at Yale Law School. Like those people have it toughest in life. So you gotta feel. For yeah, well, yeah. Only like the top guy in the class gets a job from Yale. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah, because like they all go to like clerk for the Supreme Court and like teach at Harvard. Yeah. So they don't yeah. they don't get jobs. I at said law to, I started being annoying to Jen. I said, well, actually, Jen, a minority of Yale Law students get jobs at firms uh, out of graduation. But that's because they get to go work clerk, yeah, for federal judges. Like they choose not to. Right. Yeah, it, it is impossible. There's. It, there, I assume. I would guess it has never happened in history that somebody at Yale Law School wanted to work for a law firm, and every law firm said, "I'm sorry." Well, I wouldn't say in history, it. but yeah. I, uh, I mean, can't even imagine the circumstance in which uh, they don't even. Yeah, there could there. be. 
Yeah, but there could be someone who yeah. just like goes on interviews and acts like a you know a psycho or has yeah. some yeah, yeah, has issues, no. whatever. Yeah, just so people understand, like you know, the gap between it was strictly in the legal recruiting world. Uh, the gap between Yale and Harvard is larger than the gap between Harvard and like the third best school. Like Yale is like in a class by itself. So yeah, and it's only it's like a very small class, yeah. and it's like very so it's very elite. Yeah, it's not like oh well you you had to go see your mother in the hospital, so sorry, no job for you. <laughs> right, and because right, you didn't know where to put the extra spoon or something. Yeah, yeah. Which one was oh, yeah. he's also never been at a formal meal in his life until that day. Because, uh, yeah. anyway, because yeah. Ma didn't teach him well. Um, yeah, are we allowed so, to discuss uh, Curb on this Hillbilly Elegy podcast? <laughs> oh yeah, let's uh, let's do a little brief tangent about Curb. Oh, okay, okay. So Larry, uh, he's lamenting, you know, that they allow these people to just languish on like this with their souls crying out. You know, he has all these organs he could be donating. Uh, the doctor gives him this very bemused look. He doesn't really know what's going on, and he heads out. Yeah. Um, Larry sees that some like cords or wires have fallen on the floor, and he picks them up to try to put them back. Um, and a kid from the nearby uh, bed pulls a, pulls away the curtain, and he sees what Larry's uh, doing, and he th- says, "You know, I see what you're up to. You're trying to pull the plug on him. I see you holding those wires, playing, doing funny business with them." And Larry's like, no, what are you talking about? I'm just fixing it. He's like, no, I heard your conversation with the doctor. You want this guy dead, which is yeah. correct. By the way, pulling plugs is, is only a thing that happens in movies and television. It, it doesn't happen in real life, I assume. Uh, yeah, I've never pulled a plug on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where this kid – I mean, th- nothing about this kid makes sense. He has no supervision whatsoever. <laughs> a lot of plot holes with that yeah. involved with we, this uh, child. Yeah, we don't, they don't even tell us what this kid's deal is, like, what's, like what he's dying from. Well, pr- yeah, presumably – yeah, I, I don't know what kind of – yeah, it's not. I mean, usually they put people together. He's not in a coma, but he's next to a guy in a coma. The make a wish is there, so I guess he's not. Uh, who knows? Anyway, he seems pretty okay. There's a lot of unanswered <laughs> questions in this episode. He's, we'll get to. He that. seems fine. I mean, um, his personality. Maybe he's sick. Maybe that's why he's in the hospital. He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is Mike Shore's son. Uh, <laughs> his jerk son. Yeah. Um, so the kid's like, here's what we'll do. Um, I'll forget what I saw here if you will make good on the wish that the Make of Wish Foundation refused to do for me. So Larry's like, all right, well, let's, you know, that depends on what the wish is. What did you ask? And he's like, my wish was I wanted to see a naked woman. And he's like, he's like, that's your wish? He's like, yeah, imagine going your whole life without seeing a naked woman. Larry's like, well, I almost did. And Larry says, look, I don't really know what I could do for you. The only woman I know is my wife, and there's no way she's going to do this. Uh, but, like, you know, let me give it some thought. Maybe there's somebody else who might. Mm. Yeah, I don't think Cheryl would go for this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, how do you feel about pedophilia? Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, there's a similar episode of Scrubs, like a, a similar plot line. Uh, which is interesting because it would probably would have been around the same time. Although maybe the truth is maybe the Scrubs episode came first where uh, there's like a kid in the hospital who oh, wants to yeah, see yeah, boobs yeah. and Elliot pulls up her yeah. shirt to, and like it, it like ends up like curing a patient, whatever. So, you know, so it's yeah. a whole. Uh, it's I all. mean, it's, I think it's a plot device. I mean, you know, like have you ever read or seen The World According to Garp? Uh, I have not. Yeah. So the 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 introductory premise of the movie is that or the book, I should say. I read the book. I think I may have seen the movie. I don't remember. I know it starred Robin Williams, but uh, the the so this is not a spoiler because it's like the first scene of the book. Is that um, the, there's there's a there's a guy in this in the in the hospital, and all he can do is say the word "garp" while he masturbates furiously, and so a nurse uh, takes sympathy on him and uh, assists him. So, um, so it's a much darker version of Hodor. <laughs> it's a, it's a very it's it's a very very dark book. Yes, there's a lot of a uh, lot of tragedy in the book. 
okay. Um, Strange book. I read it in high school. Yeah. I went to high school yeah. with you. No, we, it was not an assigned book, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I did not read that. Um, an assigned book of ours uh, was mentioned in uh, on Trivia Night this week. The very oh, yes. first book I read at MTI, Lord of the Flies, came on. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So we head back home, and uh, Cheryl's going through the mail, and she says, Oh, Andy, there's actually a package from you here. And turns out it's from Larry's father and has been sent to Andy, and it contains the titular smoking jacket inside. And Larry's like, oh, like, wait a second. This is, you know, it's probably for me for my birthday. Um, you know, when we were kids, you, you know, you probably don't even remember this, but my dad would always get, get a gift for you on my birthday as well so that you wouldn't feel left out, uh, which is a pretty weird thing to do for a random cousin. Um, but you know, he probably just got confused because of like that old practice that he had and he meant to send it to me and he sent it to you. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense because even if Nat wanted to give the jacket to Larry, why would he mail it at all? Larry visits him all the time. Also, how is Nat mailing it anyway from the nursing home without Larry's help? Because Larry's the one who sort of does everything. Larry picks up his medication from for God's sake at the nursing home. So not, again, nothing here makes sense. Why yeah. Larry would think Nat would have mailed it to him doesn't make sense. Why Andy would think Nat <laughs> right. would have mailed it to him at Larry's address at Larry's makes house, even less right. sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, "Oh, I knew you were going to be here, yeah. so I'll mail it to you." My memory's terrible, but yeah, so nothing, n- n- none of this makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, um, but yeah, but Andy's like, "It says my name, it's mine." Larry's like, "Come, like, come on, like, I know this jacket. My dad promised this jacket to me when I was 14 years old." Um, you know, he's definitely, you know, it's definitely for me, which also it's like, really? Like he has like a jacket that he, he promised you when you were a kid that like now he's going to give to you 60 years later, 50 yeah. years later, whatever Through it is. The mail. Yeah. Through the mail, right? Uh, Larry's like, you're taking advantage of a confused old man. And he tries to rip, uh, rip the jacket off Andy's body. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl's like, by the way, where's my Us magazine from the other day? I'm, I've been looking for it. And Larry says, oh, well, you know, Andy contaminated it, so I threw it in the garbage. And Cheryl's like, oh, are you serious? Like, I had a really important phone number on it. That's going to be a big problem, Larry. Yeah. Honestly, this is Cheryl's fault. That's not a place to put your uh, – to put important phone numbers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to think – like, anybody could have taken the S Max. Also, she left it in, like, the lobby of the house. Lobby. I guess it's not a hotel. The, the front <laughs> hall. Yeah. So, um – Larry's uh, with Jeff outside. They were taking Oscar for a walk, and Larry explains the whole story with the jacket. He thinks it's obvious it was intended for him. Jeff agrees, which, you know, he may as well, because yeah. why not? Um, Jeff wants to know from Larry, like, so what's the deal? Are you coming to the Playboy Mansion with me? And Larry's like, well, I don't know if I should. Like, Cheryl's already mad at me about this whole magazine thing. And Jeff's like, no, the opposite. If she's already mad at you, if you're already in your doghouse, you may as well get your money's worth. Uh, and he explains what he refers to as the double transgression theory. Yeah. Where um, he gets two what are your thoughts on double transgression theory? Yeah, I don't think it works. Well, this would not this would not work in my house. Yeah. First of all, but especially, it, it, yeah. It, ever heard of two wrongs don't make a right, Larry? Um, right. It's not like you know. And but this is sort of like the same in like Judaism. It's not like oh, I accidentally like you know I don't know. I accidentally ate uh, a sandwich on Yom Kippur. All right, I better eat another 10 sandwiches now because, you know, I might as well get my money's worth. But the, but the biggest error of it is is that if you're going to do it, you don't tell your wife later that's why you did it. The whole point is, like, I'm going to get in trouble anyways. So, But, like, Larry tells Cheryl later on, which is, like, the dumbest thing in the world. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you definitely like, don't say that like, that was your plan. Like, it's obviously going to backfire if you tell her about it. Oh, why did you do another thing that pissed me off? Because I already did one thing that pissed me off, and you're going to be mad at me anyway. So I figured just get all the right. – like, I was manipulating you. Yeah. It's, it's completely insane. 
Yeah, so uh, Larry's like, you know what? That actually makes sense. And realizes, oh, once I'm going to the Playboy Mansion, I may as well invite this kid I just met today. Yeah. Since he wants to see a naked woman, um, which is different from most kids. Yeah, so Jeff scores this very exclusive, difficult-to-get invite to the Playboy Mansion, which uh, which Larry David, famous uh, rich uh, Hollywood celebrity, can't get. And Jeff can bring Larry with him, and Larry can then bring his cousin with him, this nebbishy Jew, and then he can also bring a random child. Under a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, – so we head back home. Larry's back inside, and Larry's watching Andy just, like, lounging around, making himself comfortable in the smoking jacket. Yes. And like, he's, like, really just, like, rubbing it at Larry's face. Yeah. Uh, he's like, take that thing off. It doesn't belong to you. My dad promised it to me. And he says, you know – that, you know, fine, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the Playboy Mansion with Jeff. When I get back, you better be out of it. And and he's like, oh, come on. Can I please come along? And, then, you know, so Larry's uh, – he's making deals this episode. So the deal he makes with Andy is that if I take you to the Playboy Mansion, you'll give me the smoking jacket. You you know, you'll uh, disclaim any uh, any rights you have to the jacket. And Andy, Andy's like, yeah, what do I need this stupid smoking jacket for if I can go to the Playboy Mansion? That sounds much better. Yeah. So we're at the Playboy Mansion. Um, yeah. Haven't been here since last summer. Mm. Now, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, now again, we need to talk about like so. Wilson had told Larry earlier. Wilson's the kid. Yeah, I sneak out of here all the time. So he's right about that. But <laughs> how did like? There's so many questions here. How did Larry get a young child out of the hospital? How does he get into the Playboy Mansion? Like, does Wilson have parents or guardians? Well, we will meet somebody later talking to him. The make like it's none of this makes any sense, and they don't even bother pretending to explain it. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, nobody seems concerned that like yeah. a small child has is just like cavorting around the Playboy Mansion with naked women walking. Yeah, around. but but another completely inexplicable thing, which the episode doesn't bother ever explaining, happens immediately thereafter. Yeah, so Larry heads over to the pool, yeah. and um, immediately all the women are like see him and like react in horror and cover up their breasts and run away. And and the, it's so weird and so extreme. That the obvious thing you're thinking as you're watching is, oh, they're going to explain this. No, they never explain it. They never explain it. It's bonkers. Yeah, I don't really – yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to even gather. Like, yeah. like I mean, like, the, the the main guy that they, like, are seen naked by and presumably many of them have sex with is Hugh Hefner, who, who is also, like, a very old, decrepit, disgusting-looking man. I would argue, you know, of the four people who get out of that car, Andy is, is sort of creepier looking than Larry. The child <laughs> yeah. should be – I mean, maybe they right. would run from the child, but yeah. Everybody yeah, Larry's, yeah, Larry's probably – is arguably the least creepy person yeah. that we see at the Playboy Mansion. The, yeah, we, the we, least cre- creepy male person that we see yes. at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so – Larry's like, I have no idea why that happened, and he apologizes to Wilson, who, you know, we now can conclude that his chances to see a naked woman have been ruined, although I wouldn't think so, just because, like, this, like, small contingent of women by the pool went away, like, I feel like chances are, like, another naked woman will emerge at the Playboy Mansion, just seems like that's what goes on there, but yeah, who even knows? Yeah. Now, I'm embarrassed to say that I recognize Holly, who uh, Hef is hanging out with inside in the lobby there, from From, the reality show. Huh. That she had, she had some reality show um, that Jen used to watch at the time, and so I, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Holly. She's I instantly remembered her. Cool, real white, Real Housewives of the Playboy Mansion. Hmm. Ah, is that is that what it's called? Okay, no, that's awesome. oh no, I have no idea. I'm making it up. I don't think that's a real thing. Holly Playboy reality show. 
Uh, the Girl Next Door. That's what it's called. The Alicia Cuthbert movie? <laughs> oh, I, uh, that is one of the many movies I have from the Wire Network on a CD that I've ever actually watched. Yeah, it's yeah. you don't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going she's, to do I mean, she's very good looking. Yeah, she's very attractive. Particularly um, in that movie. Yeah, th- this show was on the air from 2005 to 2010. So, yeah, we got married in 2009. And, uh, and then it had, it had four spinoffs. Kendra, Kendra on top. Bridget's Sexiest Beaches and Holly's World. Holly's oh. the only one I remember. I, I may to, I may have to check out some of these uh, fine <laughs> no. fine sounding TV shows. You really you really don't need to. If if the if 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 the appeal is uh, Playboy models, which is understandably an appeal, th- you don't want to watch them in a reality show where they just hang around and talk to each other. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, I guess there are other yeah. uh, opportunities. <laughs> yes, exactly. <coughs> Um, yeah. You saw that, like, Pornhub had to re- re- remove 80% of their porn? No, I did not. What, what's the story? It was in the news because, like, apparently, like, a huge percentage of their of their videos... Oh, please. Like, I, I, don't, have, I don't like, read the news. I only watch The Naked Women. Yeah. Um, has, like, either, like, rape stuff or underage kids or, you know, all sorts Wait, of Wait, are you stuff. serious? Yeah. It was in the news last week. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm aware of, like, you know, like like teens being like sort of a, a, a popular theme in porn but I always assumed that like the actresses portrayed as teens were actually like 35 years old but they were actually underage yeah. Pornhub has removed bad. a majority of its content mm. after investigation reveals rampant child abuse okay yeah so like the joke is that they removed 80% of their videos and nobody noticed because there's still like millions of videos yeah I would imagine that's the case but <laughs> oh there's only 72 million <laughs> videos of like blonde woman yeah <laughs> Um, all right, back to uh, the Playboy. Now you know we're gonna keep it uh, softcore. Hmm. So Larry uh, says, "Okay, I'm gonna go use the bathroom," announcing uh, that what will happen in the next scene. So he goes inside. Uh, he when he comes out, he finds uh, Hugh Hefner chatting with uh, two of his bunnies, and they all oh, you know, introduce- and some other one. Yeah, they all uh, introduce each other. Um, Larry wants to know. He's like, hey, what was that um, animal I saw outside with the long neck? Hugh says, oh, that was probably a flamingo. And uh, Larry, much like yourself, he's bad at identifying birds, unlike sneakers, which he's great at identifying. Adidas, Converse, Nike, whatever it is, he can spot it. Birds, totally different story. Um, Larry notices the smoking jacket that Hugh is wearing, and he says, oh, my dad owns the same smoking jacket. And Hugh says, well, you know, it's po- it's possible they're similar, but there's no way they're the same. This is an original I had made from Italy by Roselli. And Larry's like, no, I'm pretty sure they're the same. And I just so happen to have it out in my car, and I'm going to go get it for my car so that I can prove to you that they're the same jacket because for some reason I'm highly invested in you believing me that my dad owns a similar smoking jacket. Well, Larry being highly invested, I can believe because that's Larry. Why Hugh would be right. invested, I don't really understand. Yeah, like Hugh shouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, maybe he knew that, that it was a real Rosilli and he, this is like a long con. We're going to have to discuss that because I don't understand what the hell happens with the jackets. <laughs> uh, so um, he, uh, as he goes out to the car, he sees uh, Andy's flirting with one of the ladies. Uh, Wilson is sulking in the car because he missed out on his wish and he blames yeah. Larry. It, they th- obviously... This makes no sense. There's still playmates all over the place. Get out of the car. <laughs> Yeah, what are you, are you doing? Car? You're at the Playboy Mansion. Like, yeah. you're going to find a naked woman. I promise you. There will be a naked woman somewhere. Just hang out. Give it some time. It's going to work out for you, buddy. Wilson's the worst. 
Uh, yeah, Wilson. I'm, glad, I'm glad he's sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad his wish was not fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess it was at the end, but initially, I, I think the Make a Wish Foundation made the correct decision vis-a-vis <laughs> Wilson. Um, I have a friend who uh, was granted a wish by the Make a Wish Foundation, um, and he chose to have his entire family go on a safari in Africa. Which, to me, is you know, I mean, a naked woman is pretty good, but you know, I would choose an African safari over seeing yeah. like a naked woman one time. Also, much more selfless to take the whole family with them. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, what are the rules of well, make a wish? So can you can you tell the make a wish like, you know, I want you to like like buy a house for my family? Yeah, I don't know the rules. I don't know how it works. Yeah, if your friend is still alive, he's he's, he's yeah. He should have to give he should have yeah. to give back the safari. Yeah. The deal should be that you have to die yeah. <laughs> in order to get it. Um, yeah, unless you know they should you know if you wish to to not die and they fulfill that, then you know then that's then that's the terms of the arrangement. So no, then you just no debt has to be repaid. So Larry brings the jacket back in, shows it to Hugh. He was like, you know, actually, now that you mention it, you know, it, you know, it's not authentic, but it's a really good knockoff. And he wants to try it on because he's all, all, here too. Like he's just like, oh, well, I need, now I need to try on this great knockoff because I'm so amazed at what a knockoff is, what a good yeah. knockoff it is that I have to try it on to see if it even fits like a good knockoff. Yeah. And Larry tells him he looks pretty, pretty good in the jacket. Only two pretties. Only two pretties. This is the um, shortest. We've never had fewer than three and a half pretties. Interesting. And here we get just two. Um, and uh, Larry says, you know, my dad is going to be really proud to know that Hugh Hefner wore his jacket. So lots of nachos for <laughs> for Larry's father. Um, so, you know, he was like looking on the mirror, tries it on. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he excuses himself for a uh, longer trip to the bathroom and closes the door. Leaving Larry outside to make extremely awkward small talk with yes. this, uh, these pair of girls. Topics include monkeys, pockets, uh, dental hygiene, including gum stimulation, foot odor. He invites them to go bowling. He does a very weird and lousy ventriloquism bit that doesn't impress them. Uh, finally, Hugh comes out and returns the jacket to Larry and walks away. And Larry is so grossed out by the fact that Hugh has taken this into the bathroom with him that he switches the robe, the smoking jacket, with the one that Hugh has left on the hook and assumes that because they're so similar, Hugh will be none the wiser. Mm. Now, what you have to wonder here is, if Hugh takes the jacket that Larry has handed him that belongs to Larry and has no shame or reservations about going to the bathroom and... Take, I guess making a poop in that jacket. Certainly, his own smoking jacket. He's done this with many times. Yeah, but like, why would he think that like Hugh's personal jacket that he wears all the time is clean? Uh, nothing about this jacket makes sense. So, are we led to believe that Hugh has been having a fake Roselli for all these many years, could never accomplish the 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 goal of getting a real one until Larry just happened to bring one into his house? Like, I'm very confused. Like, yeah. which is the real one? Um, I think Larry, Nat Davids is the real one, is what so, we're supposed to think so, at the end of the so, episode. So you had a fake one for years, always. I guess. And went around telling people it was real. Why or not just maybe get a there, real one? Or maybe there is no, like, real one. Like, they're all knockoffs. So he and Nat are They're all knockoffs. Yeah. Or they both got cons. Like, they both bought, yeah. maybe they both bought, you know, a, a good knockoff from the same knockoff Roselli dealer. Yeah, Is this even a real confused. thing, a Roselli smoking jacket? <laughs> I assume not. 
Did you Google it? Should I Google that? Hugh Hefner's smoking jacket. Five fast facts you need to know. Roselli smoking jacket. No, it's a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. While pipe smoking may have fallen out of fashion, there's no reason why you shouldn't invest in a smoking jacket. No I reason. disagree. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what does one do in a smoking jacket? You just sit and you smoke? You sit in the lobby of your cousin's house and you, uh, you talk on the phone. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very uh, intrigued by this Hugh Hefner. He's, uh, he's pulled off quite the uh, situation for himself. Yeah, you can buy a knockoff dead, online for as though, as low as twenty dollars, or a tasteful replica for four hundred fifty dollars. How much does the actual Roselli cost? Uh, I don't know. It's basically like a fancy bathrobe, right? Yeah, I, I don't really get the appeal of this thing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. We head back home, and Cheryl is furious that Larry was at the Playboy Mansion running around with nude women, and Larry says, no, don't worry, they weren't nude because they were so horrified by my presence that they all immediately covered up when they, as soon as they saw me, so don't worry. Yeah. No. And by the way, this is like classic cover-up is worse than the crime, like, well, now, Cheryl is a massive prude, and we know that, like, she thinks, you know, sex during daytime is kinky, and so, like, I guess that's why Larry has to hide the Playboy Mansion visit from her, but I feel like most wives, especially most wives in sort of, like, this Hollywood culture, would be excited to go there for the experience, Yeah, right? like, if you go to the Playboy Mansion, it's, like, you're not going because it's like, oh, I want to see naked women, like, you're going because it's, like, yeah. a, a story, like, it's an event, it's, like... Yeah, like, especially it, it, my wife having watched that show, I feel like if I said to her, hey, I got, you know, I got an in, you want to go to a party at the Playboy Mansion, she'd say, sure. Um, I feel like most wives would say that, and and but Larry has to hide it from her, and then and so he just creates trouble where I don't even think it was necessary. Yeah, um, but then of course he's he's an idiot because he, he now tells Cheryl about the double transgression. Yeah, so Cheryl's like, yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm still upset at you because that you threw out that phone number, which has really made my life really extra difficult. But thankfully, I was able to get the phone number back. And just so you know, the whole thing with this phone number is that I have arranged for you to have lunch and play a round of golf with Gary Player. Uh, the golfer, but, you know, maybe now I'm going to rip up the phone number and you're not going to get it because I don't think you really deserve this gift anymore. Mm. And Larry's like, no, like, come on, like, I'm sorry. The only reason that I went to the Playboy Mansion is because you were already mad at me and I figured what yeah. apology could cover both. And he explains the double transgression theory. Oh, you my know, goodness. Larry. If you know, if a dog knows he's going to the doghouse, he may as well grab some food off the table. And Cheryl's like, yeah, I think your logic might be a little faulty here. Yeah. Um, Larry's like, anyway, how did you even know that I like Gary Player? And she says, well, I remember that you once said that he's your favorite golfer, even more than Arnold Palmer. And Larry's very impressed. Um, yeah, you know, I would think that, like, if Larry's, like, a big golfer and yeah, a pretty big sports fan, it's ever. like, like if my wife was like, oh, how, I, how did you even know that I was a fan of the New York Mets baseball team? <laughs> I'm very impressed. You've really been paying attention. Yeah. Um, so uh, Andy comes in with his dad And he says oh by the way I have a date With Bobby Sue the playmate okay so yeah This is really where it's like so these women Are so horrified by The mere presence of Larry in the pool Area but one of them Is literally going to date and sleep With Andy yeah This doesn't really <laughs> add up for me It does not so, uh, yeah, you know, they want to ask Dad, how you doing? He says, you know, I think they're stealing from me at that nursing home. And the most recent example he cites is that his smoking jacket is missing. And Larry and Andy both interject. And they're like, no, you sent it to me. And they, then you know, they immediately start fighting with each other over who he intended to send it to. And Larry's like, you're both wrong. I would never send this to either of you because I love it. 
And Larry says, well, you know what? In that case, you could have it back. Here you go, if you really want it. And and Nat's like, this is not mine. Mine was an authentic Roselli. This is a cheap knockoff. And he Larry, could tell immediately. He, he could tell immediately, right. It's very obvious. And Larry's like, immediately gets a look on his face that he, uh, he thinks he knows what happened, that they must have gotten switched somehow at the Playboy Mansion. So he heads back to the Playboy Mansion. Of course, he's allowed right back in. And Hugh's waiting for him at the door, and he's like, hey, the other day we must have switched jackets. Here you go. Why don't you take this one back and give me mine? And Hugh says, no, this is this one is mine. The one I'm wearing is a Roselli. Yours must be the knockoff. And Larry says, no, 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 it's the opposite. But Hugh's like, sorry, I'm heading upstairs. And just leaves Larry hanging, holding yeah, the— Yeah, now uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Larry thinks that Nat will ship so much nachas from having had the same jacket as Hugh Hefner. Why doesn't Larry bring his dad to meet you on this return trip? That's question number one. Question number two, how does Larry get in? Last time he had to speak to The Rock and drop Jeff's name. Now he just wanders on into the property and into the house, like, unencumbered? Well, maybe it's because he doesn't have a kid this time. Oh, I see. <laughs> so anybody can come into the Playboy Mansion at any time, right, as long as you unless have, you have a child. Yes, then yes. you have to go through clearance. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the rule. Yeah. Remember, leave your kids at home when you go to the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Oh, that's pro- Yeah, probably it is, yeah. So we're back in the hospital, and Larry wants to know from the doctor, is there any update with Lewis Lewis? And the doctor's like, no, he's about the same. But the doctor's very impressed with Larry's dedication. Well, you know, he's coming to visit him so much. And Larry's like, oh, you know, it's not such a big deal. You know, he is my friend's cousin after all. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Larry's, you know, very concerned. Like, you know, how is it going to work with the organs? You know, if he dies, we need to make sure that he doesn't just sit there for weeks without anyone realizing. And the doctor's like, don't worry. We know what we're doing with, you know, knowing when someone's dead. Yeah, we have, you know, <laughs> machines and everything that tell us this stuff. Uh, so the doctor heads out, and Wilson once again pounces from behind the curtain. He wants to know if there's any update on his wish fulfillment, and Larry's like, listen, you know, I'm kind of out of ideas, but why don't you come with me? I'll try to think of something. And so, again, you already gave him the wish. He, you took him to the Playboy Mansion. That's way better than one naked woman. Yeah, I, you, yeah, you, I, you I agree. Yourself, you, know, you, you got him into the Playboy Mansion. From there, you're on your own, kid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, once again, Larry absconds with a child from the hospital. <laughs> he takes him home back to, he's, you know, he's going to take him somewhere, realizes, oh, I have to go back home to get my cell phone because if Cheryl calls me and I don't have my phone on me, she's going to get all upset at me. And he heads upstairs to get his phone, and he happens upon Andy and Bobby Sue naked in the bed. And they're startled by Larry and Wilson walking in, and she sits up, allowing Wilson to see her naked body as he had so wished. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess we can refer to Larry as the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I, I do enjoy – I mean, I can't imagine why anyone would want to sleep with Andy, let alone this playmate. But I do enjoy that neither one of them minds at all being walked in on by Larry and Wilson. And Wilson, by the way, a child. Bobby Sue just sort of smiles. Yeah, well, you know, Bobby <laughs> Sue is used to be seeing, being seen in the nude, presumably. But I think that she'd be a little bit – you know, she'd have some respect for the child. No, I yeah. guess not. Well, you know, yeah. the child is happy. All right, um, Av, uh, how do you rate this episode? Well, the episode's not over, so why don't we finish the episode before we do something? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> so we, uh, we head back to the hospital again, and yes. the, uh, well, I guess this is, we we're supposed to think this is his mom, maybe? I don't know, it's not explained. And they're like, well, yeah, have you given weird. any thought to you know, what, some wish you might like? And he's like, yes, I would like Hugh Hefner's smoking jacket. Uh, weird scene. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like they had to, like, get this episode up to, like, a certain length here. 
Um, yeah. So then uh, I wasn't the only one who thought it should have ended with the uh, yeah. sex scene. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that would have been a better ending than what we actually got. Um, so um, yeah, so now we're uh, over at Gary Player's house for the final scene, and Larry's of course wears his green jacket, and Gary's very excited to meet Larry as well because he's a big Seinfeld fan. So you know this is exciting for both of them. And Gary's very impressed by the jacket. He says, you know, it's really uncanny. That's the exact same jacket that is given to the winner of the Masters. Come, let me show you mine. And mm-hmm. they, he's amazed at how similar it is. And he wants to try on Larry's imitation green jacket for some reason. Because, again, you know, <laughs> if you see someone with a jacket that's similar to yours, you must try it on to establish yeah. whether it also feels similar. And Larry, um, you know, is all, you know, happy to see him wearing the jacket. And then, of course, the episode ends with Gary excusing himself into the bathroom wearing. But hold on. But also, Gary lets Larry try on his jacket, which I find very hard to believe. <laughs> right. Like, his jacket is a much more valuable piece of. And also, they're totally different sizes. Gary Player is like six inches shorter than Larry. Yeah. But yet, both the the jacket fits perfectly, yeah. magically. And uh, Gary retreats jacket. into the restroom wearing, as one does. Yeah, wearing uh, Larry's jacket, and the episode ends. All right, now why don't you tell me uh, how you rate this episode? Yeah, this episode's really bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I was surprised at how bad it was. Um, you know, <laughs> really nothing in this episode makes any sense. Um, I, I, I didn't find it that funny. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but I'm going to give it a uh, pretty, pretty good. I don't even know what I just said, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll say one and a half pretties. One and a half. Okay, yeah. so that's uh, quite low for you. I'm looking. That is your lowest rating since the opening episode of season four, whereas I already have two one and a halfs earlier this season. Um, I have to say, the, the other ratings I have are all over the map. A Vulture ranks this episode second to last, Yeah, which is understandable, uh, but then uh, there's a ranking on IMDb, excuse me, that has it number six overall. <laughs> that, that's uh, crazy. Which is, yeah, that's a little bit confusing. Uh, my two biggest issues are, you know, number one, as I said, we never find out why all the women screamed around out of the grotto when they saw Larry. I, it's just idiotic that you, you can't have that happen and not explain it. Uh, so that's issue number one. Issue number two is the ending is not funny at all. But, um, you know, as we were going through this podcast, I was not really enjoying it. But I'm reading my notes from when I watched it a few days ago. And in my notes, it says, nevertheless, overall, and I'm reading this. Uh, I don't remember writing it. Nevertheless, overall, I enjoyed this episode. <laughs> okay, that's fair. However, the fact that I remembered absolutely nothing about it indicates it's not a memorable episode. Nevertheless, two neverthelesses in three sentences uh, for Chester Bad writing here. I actually enjoyed not knowing what was going to happen next. I felt like I was watching a new show. I will say it's average. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half. Okay. So uh, appara- apparently last week I was uh, being generous and I gave it two and a half pretties. Yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm closer to the vulture ranking. What What do they have as the worst episode? Uh, so the vulture ranking is also uh, they they have Mel's offer. Uh, oh no, excuse me, that's that's oh no, they have one extra season. So what is their worst episode? Uh, I could just rank this whole chart by this column. Oh, I see, they have Car Periscope. Car Periscope, season eight. Okay, all right. Remember well, that? I guess New we'll work with the. I guess we'll yeah. see when we get to there. Now, and their ranking was only through eight seasons, so they don't have they only have eighty episodes. They don't have seasons nine and ten. Yeah, yeah, they might they might. There's some clunkers in uh, in season nine, especially. Yeah. Um, but through season uh, through season eight, that was their worst episode. Av, who is your come with guy? Um, I think this is an obvious Jeff come with guy. He gets Larry a uh, 
green jacket that is remarkably identical to the green jacket that is awarded to the winner of the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. Um, he gets he scores Larry an invite to the Playboy Mansion, and is all and Larry's also permitted to bring along his cousin and a child. So I say uh, Jeff is uh, ultimate come with this episode. Yes, and uh, that is now seven and a half come with guy points for Jeff. Fifteen times between you and I, he's been selected. Uh, this time he gets a full point because I agree with you. Uh, you got to give it to the big boy this week. Yep. And I think we'll have unanimity here as well, although there's a couple of candidates. Who is the worst person of? Yeah, worst person is Wilson. Um, yeah. Okay. You, you know, I, he's not necessarily the worst person. He's just like he's just like a terrible character. He's just like not giving any – it doesn't – like nothing about him really makes any sense as we explained. Um, you know, and he is also pretty bad. Like he like, immediately tries to blackmail Larry. And it's just like he's 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 like the least come with guy, uh, because he gets taken to the Playboy Mansion and like totally steps in it, sulks in the car. Yeah, yeah. he's an ungrate he's an ungrateful, creepy little kid, and he's definitely the worst person. So I agree with you there. We have a couple of celebrities playing themselves in this episode, of course, Hugh Hefner and Gary Player. But I think it's time that we go to the postman. Uh, postman, uh, postman, uh, come here. here Tell the yeah. neighborhood. Right. Yep. So we have uh, two emails this week. First is from Zach Brooks. He wants to know, have either of us have ever gone to the Playboy Mansion? Uh, no, I have not. He asks, is Hugh Hefner the biggest? By the way, I don't, it's not really like, I mean, I guess if I was hanging out in L.A. one night with nothing to do and someone offered me, I'd say sure. But it's not like a, like at the top of my list. Maybe yeah. it had more cultural cachet at, at, at earlier times. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was very big in the 70s. Yeah. I feel like Jen would want to go more than me, at least, you know, at the time of Holly, because she, you know, knew these people from that show. Yeah. And of course, at this point, it's just a house. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could go there for, like, a party. I'm sure it's a very nice house and it would be a very nice party, but, like, there would be nothing, like, special. Well, what is it? Uh, do, do, they, do they rent it out? I think somebody bought it. Oh, and the guy just owns it personally. Oh, okay. I think it was sold, like, last year. Playboy Mansion hmm. sold. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, it was sold. For a hundred million dollars. Oh wow! Let's see. But not for commercial use. Let's for residential use. Mm -hmm. By Darren Metropolis, the co-owner of Hostess Brands and a principal. Yeah. He intends to renovate and restore the mansion to its original form. So I guess he is. I guess turned it into some sort of. Oh, he entered into an agreement with the city of Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. protects the mansion from demolition, but still allows him to make modernizations and substantial renovations and repairs to the property. All right, so I guess you know because it has like historical relevance, they're not allowed to you know it has like uh, protected status of some sort. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say that like he intends to like make it a museum or anything like that. Um, he might just live there. I don't know. Hmm. All right, let's uh, continue reading the uh, email that we interrupted. Yeah. Uh, he asked, is Hugh Hefner the biggest celebrity to appear on the show? Um, no. I don't think so. I think Shaq is definitely bigger. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Shaq is bigger. I think that uh, David Schwimmer was bigger at the time. He was yeah, you know, for the sure. star Schwimmer of the biggest show. Yeah. Mel, Mel Brooks is bigger. Yeah, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's probably not next Hugh year. might have had a higher peak. Ted Danson, you know, his peak was probably higher with Cheers. Jerry Seinfeld, I think he's more famous, right? He was on the, the finale last season. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, he asks, uh, he, but he says he may be the richest. Well, Larry David is probably the richest. 
Um, yeah. Let's see. When he at one time Hefner owned stock in Playboy equaling two hundred fifty million dollars, but when he died in twenty seventeen, his net worth totaled approximately forty five million dollars. Ooh, not great. Yeah, yeah, so not even close. Everybody we just mentioned is richer. Yeah. Shaq, Schwimmer, Brooks, Scorsese, Seinfeld, Ben Stiller, Ted Danson, all richer. Yeah. Hugh Hefner's very poor. He can't, he, he can't even afford an original Roselli smoking jacket. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, appreciated Larry's pretty, pretty good drop. Better than what Larry said. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half for Zach. Oh, wow. Pretty high. So Zach liked the episode. Um, Olin says, Olin Allen, he says, I always thought of this as an iconic episode. Some belig- some Ooh. big celebrity gets for it. I may have mentioned before, but usually a complaint I hear from people on why they don't like Curb is how bombastic and over the top it is and bad nature the people are. This episode, bar some arguments with the adorable Richard Kind, was quite the opposite. Not subtle, but very underplayed. Hints of men enjoying their new jackets way too much. Larry, <laughs> life rightfully. Yeah, like there's like the weird jacket, jacket fetishization in this episode. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. I've never seen anyone so excited about it. Jacket. Uh, Larry rightfully helping the child's reasonable wish, even if for some selfish gain. Not a top, but pretty enjoyable. Rating three pretties out of five. The come with guy. He gives it to the young child, getting the smoking jacket back after his wish was given. The villain, he gives it to the Make a Wish Foundation for not allowing a reasonable request of a young boy to see a naked woman. <laughs> yeah, hard to argue with that. Yeah. Did Olin give it a rating? Uh, he gave it three out of five. Three pretties. Three. Okay. All right. So, Av, you're the lowest this week. I'm the lowest. It happens. All right. I think that uh, next week and the week after, uh, those grades are going to come up quite a bit. Uh, next week is the Seder. Uh, one of the uh, – we have a surprising and hilarious guest. I have to say, the next two weeks, we have uh, two of the best and Jewiest episodes to date, uh, the Seder and the Ski Lift, uh, both in Vulture's top six uh, both in the top ten uh, on, on many other rankings that I've seen on the internet. Um, although The Ringer actually did not really like either one of them. Bill Simmons, what an anti-Semite. Yeah, well, that's they don't know from milk and plates. Yeah. So, yeah, next week we learn about the Seder. And very excited. Uh, the Seder is, of course, the, the main part of Passover, uh, one of the many Jewish holidays. Yeah, so this uh, this past year, as because of the, the virus, you know, like many other holidays this year, we did a... Seder just with my immediate family, just my wife and my two kids. And doing a Seder without my extended family was pretty, 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 pretty good. Let alone without a pedophile. Pedophile. Isn't that what happens next week's episode? Rob Cordry plays a pedophile. Okay. Larry invites him to the Seder and Cheryl yells yeah, at him. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah. 